welcome to Breeder Syndicate. How's everyone doing? But before Nutso gets here, don't forget to join the Patreon, guys. We have some cool shit going on tomorrow. There's some fights um, that I'll be watching, and it'd be cool. Um, I also have the Hawaiian lights drop for the Patreon folks. All the hybrids are out, and they've been out for about a week. I'll be adding those to the um, non-Patreon very soon. So we got those going on. Lots of good shit popping off. Farm stuff too. If you checked out those fem lines, those are up right now for everyone. There he is. What's up? What's up, you silly bastard? How you doing? I'm all right. I got allergies and my internet connection sucks today. So I I apologize ahead of time for any bullshit. Uh, It's all good. I'm still getting over the sickness that I've been having. Mostly just uh, in my chest and in my sinuses still. It's fucking bad, though. Whatever whatever I got was bad. I don't think I'm getting sick. I just think it's Mendo and springtime and things are blooming. Yeah. Everything's out and about, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's about that time, isn't it? It is here. It's good. You know, things are... I mean, event like, what's funny is, like, a million years ago when I first came to California... Um, to see the Grateful Dead and Jerry Garcia band. Um, I came out here in spring, right? Yeah. And everything was green. And coming from Illinois, where I'm from, where it's flat as a pancake because of the glacier, it was, I thought it was like Ireland. Yeah. It was all like rolling hills and, and flowers, and it was brutally cold where I lived, and it was so mm-hmm. nice here. And I had no idea it got to like 110 and everything died in summer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Here it gets to be like 120. So well, yeah. You 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 live in uh, you live in the literal frying pan. Yeah, we live in hell. Yeah, you live in hell. So uh, that's not my favorite part of California. What? I know. No. I know, dude. I know. You know. Hot. I mean, I, I appreciate the desert, but we, it's not. It's not my spot. We burst Kevin McCarthy. Come on. You you did, you know, if yeah. you like flat and dry and very, very hot, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> Warm nights. And good people. Good fun. Yeah, indeed. So what what is our topic for tonight uh, as far as education goes? As far as education goes, I thought we would chat about a couple of things. Um, we would talk about maybe sort of like the very late 90s, early 2000s uh, period in the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And because there's a whole bunch of stuff then that's pretty pertinent to now. Yeah. It was all kind of going on. And then I think we might talk about at some point, probably will fit in because it's been uh, a big topic amongst us this week is a little bit of like authenticity. Yeah. And uh, how to, you know, how to address that. Yeah. How how do we address authenticity in these uh, times where everybody's making money off something being authentic? Well, yeah, and people, you know, people have their own, their own motivations, their own wants, needs, and desires. Yeah. Um, you know, that type of stuff. And so, you know, because, um, some cherry pie kush talk, cherry pie might be able to fit into that a little late. I've kind of avoided the whole cookie thing yet. 
Yeah. Uh, it's probably a couple episodes on its own and it's pretty complex. So uh, we probably will chat about that at some point, but it needs uh, that one needs some fleshing out a bit. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a deep one. Yeah, that's a deep one. And there's a lot of people making a lot of money off it. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of rep on it. So the more money and rep you have, it kind of t- ties into the authenticity thing we were just talking about. Yep. Uh, you start talking history and it interferes with anybody's money or rep. And all of a sudden they're extremely upset. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I mean, I made this, I made this like joking post. I don't post much anymore on IG, but I made this joking post. I saw this cartoon and it was like, I remember it differently in a way that fits my worldview and paints me in a positive light. <laughs> yeah that's for sure and you know relating to weed history like you run into that a lot yeah you know you you run into that a lot you know so um maybe we should uh i don't know what are we we're getting up to 150 ish people here yeah we like to Lay bullshit for a couple minutes and allow people to show up yeah you know yep and get to a certain point before we start chatting so here's one um, here's one just uh, what is the best blueberry not so dog? The best blueberry. So this is another one that when I tell you what I think, people will get upset at me. Yeah, yeah. Um, because uh, you know, if you talk to uh, second generation genetics, who is JD, who's DJ's son or DJ, they will say the only legitimate place to get blueberry is them. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, but the you know. For some reason, the blue bonnet seems to throw these days, at least, uh, some really potent blueberry terps. And it's not mine. I didn't make it. I don't get to take credit for it, but I did use it just yeah. uh, to be transparent. Yes, I did use it. So I had you know, my. I own mean, I'll, blueberry I can, there's line. actually a tie-in to. Well, I had my own blueberry line that I created before um, during the time that blue bonnet was being made, and they, uh, Lone Star was kind of competition to me at the time, and. I was very egotistical about my blueberry, of course, because everybody thinks they have the best blueberry. And I used it and it, it did breed true for blue traits and, and very beautiful blue turps and very pretty, but it didn't have much potency or resin production to speak of. And I think Lone Star did it better than I did. I really do. So, that, yeah, and what, what we're lucky is that it still exists. Yes. And you can still get it from a number of different sources. Yes. Um, ton. So uh, we're getting there. I think we're up to a decent time. So we're going to start. Um, and uh, these talks have kind of been, we've, we, we've been kind of moving forward. We started in the beginning in the nineties a bit. Now we're starting to move forward. We mm-hmm. actually still have like a, a third wave of seed banks that Matt and I want to do um, yeah. that we never actually dealt with that involves Canada and everything else, but it starts to get a little bit more dispersed and difficult to get the, the accurate stuff. So it's taken us kind of a while. Yeah. So, yeah. There's a lot to it and, and there's a lot to cover. You don't want to leave out a lot of stuff and you don't want to forget a lot of stuff and some stuff we do leave out and forget and have to go back and tag because it is yeah. that important. So, yeah. And that's kind of, you know, that's kind of one of the things about these talks is there are a bunch of history. There's some, there's some speculation, there's some bullshitting. Um, they're trying yeah. to be conversational and tell people about the memories that people have. Um, they, you know, we'll talk about things, but they, they get people bent under shape already. Um, yeah. so rather than talking about like the third wave of seed banks, I thought we could chat more about like what was happening on the West coast. Yeah. Which is where Matt and I both live. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was happening on the West coast in that era and yeah. how specifically California and how that kind of like started to impact 
what came after. Yep. Right. So just to let everybody know, um, in 1996, in November, they passed the 215 Act, uh, the Proposition 215 in California. And that made it was the first state where you had medical. Yeah. Um, now, you know, medical was uh, uh, very restrictive at first. And it was only about four or five conditions that it applied to. And the cops had spent their whole career just busting anyone with weed. So they were also slow to change. Yes. Because they saw weed and they were like, fuck you, it's weed. I'm arresting you. Yeah. And so people think that it like just became legal in 1997. Uh, yeah. It did not. Um, it started a slow process. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and the era we're going to talk about is sort of like the very beginning of when gorilla started to end. And that process started to really take place. Yeah. You know, there was the very beginning of medical in California. So things were starting to open up. People were starting to be less secretive. Um, and as we mentioned on shows before, I think it was 1999 that overgrowth started mm -hmm. and not that long after the cannabis world started. I, I don't know the years on when they started. Um, so, you know, after a few years, you had this network of people um, that were connecting via these via these, you know, these forums. Yeah. And chatting and stuff like that. And so one that ended up happening is, uh, you know, this this started a whole wave of different things. It started. A, uh, there was, you know, really the forums were the first time you could really ever trade outside your circle that you knew in person. Yeah. You know, right? Yeah, I mean, even even today, I, I still see people, uh, you know, in other states where they say, you know, I can't get that clone. I live in this state, and it kind of blows my mind because back then, even like we didn't all live in like people were getting Bubba clones from Ohio, you know, that were in California. You know what I mean? Like, if you didn't necessarily go to the state to get it. Yeah, and I mean, you know, one of the things that's interesting about that is that. You know, there's there's different people uh, for a lot of people. Um, we have a good buddy of ours that lives back in the Midwest. That, and, you know, for him, the forums and IG and discord and stuff like that was a way for him to talk to other weed nerds. Yeah. Right. But for somebody like me who lives in Mendo, like everyone around me does what I do. Yeah. So there's no shortage of hanging out like I'm surrounded by people like me. So there was some people that like were you know, really intent upon getting on there. And that was their mode of communication. Yeah. And some of us just lived in places and stayed off all that. Yeah. You know, so like when you popped up or whatever, it doesn't really like correlate to like what you're up to. We all lived in the shadows. Yeah. Right. So tying into that, I'm, uh, I'm probably in my, I don't know what it is. I'm probably in my mid twenties or, mm -hmm. or so. And I meet this guy and I don't think it's weird to say his name. His name was Ron. Uh, yeah. No. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, Matt knows Ron very well. Very well. Yeah. And Ron was Ron's a character, and he's still around. And he did this thing where he started throwing these harvest parties in fall uh, in in my area, and he actually threw them. He'd rent like a big ass fucking house in Sonoma County, uh, Healdsburg outskirts areas like that, like a big mansion essentially. Yeah. And he had like a catering company. <clears throat> and so this thing would be, you pay a certain amount of money and this thing would be catered. And then all these heads would come. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so it was the first time for me uh, that I really was around like 
um, that kind of scene because most of those people that were there, like they knew each other from overgrower cannabis world. Yeah. There was like groups that came with people like me and stuff like that, that like were from that area as well. But there was a lot of people from all over. And if people are running who Ron is, he's uh, NCGA, NorCal Growers Association. A lot of people associate him with like the Blue Widow cut. That was one of his uh, big jams. Yeah. And he used to help people get set up. He's always been pretty politically active. Yeah. You know, he's, he's always been a lot of the fairs and a lot of various things that went on, you know, with he usually have a booth and he politically organized early. Yeah, I, he got, I would say he got me my first uh, Emerald Cup cannabis cup or a cam- cannabis booth. That was the first booth I ever shared an Emerald uh, Cup was with was with, with Ron. With yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I I'll, I'll, I went to this thing. I don't know. I was twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, something like that. And um, I went with my friends. I got invited by a buddy of mine. And what was neat about it is you go to this place and you walk in, they have like, you know, huge dining room table or whatever. And everyone that wanted to share, you would write your name, which was usually like the handle yeah, yeah. from the forums or whatever. Yeah. You would write your name and you would put some weed in the bag or the jar. Uh-huh. And so the whole table is full of different kinds of weed and hash samples. Right. Yeah. And then it's, you know, and then it's one of those things where you hang out for two or three days and smoke a ton of weed and trade seeds with people and trade strains with people and shoot the shit. Yeah. Right. So I go there and I'm young and uh, I'm hoping to meet, like, I am like so convinced dude, that, uh, that I'm going to meet these old timers. Yeah. Uh, meaning my age now, but that's at the time, uh, you know, I, uh, Oh, dirty old Sog was there. Look at that. Um, yeah. anyway, so, I'm all convinced I'm going to meet all these people and they're going to, they're I'm like, it's going to like unlock the key to a bunch of old school strains. I want. Yeah. Right. And I get there enough. There wasn't some of that there, but there was, there was so much like everything that was super popular in the very early two thousands. Right. Yeah. It was like Apollo 11, Apollo 13, C99, C99, yeah. Uh, you know, white widow hybrids, freaking uh, SSH hybrids. Uh, yeah, he's telling it's the best times I ever had. They were super cool parties. Yeah, it was it was really cool to to see. To, I mean, there's a bunch of people there who I won't mention because they don't want to be popular. But I will tell you, that's the first place that I ever met CSI in person. Yeah, uh, that's the first place that I met uh, Shaw, who yeah. some people probably know as 707 Seed Bank on IG. Um, who did the, you know, the chem, the chem dog BX2 and a bunch of work with cat piss. Um, yeah. A lot of people got Bubba Kush from him. Yeah. You know, um, he's a, he was a pretty big guy back then. Yeah. He was pretty involved. Shaw, uh, you know, uh, people like Jason King from the can of Bible, Kyle Cushman, uh, Jack Herrera, um, you know, just, you know, a bunch of mountain men from Mendo and Humboldt. You know, yeah. uh, you know, very, and then various types of people like Chip, uh, who now has a, uh, the real dirt podcast, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mendo uh, Gold. Royal yeah. Gold. But he was actually when he, at those parties, that was before he started Royal Gold. Oh, he was okay. still working on like cocoa fiber. Then that was so long ago. Cocoa fiber wasn't even a commercial product available in stores yet. Yeah. He was planning on bringing it to, uh, uh, to America. Yeah. He hadn't started Royal Gold, but he was planning on it. 
right? That's wild. Yeah. And so, and so a lot of us, that was, that was a lot of times where the, where we got to put faces to names. Yeah. You know, like I didn't even know, uh, Dirty, I would have loved to have hung out and talked to Dirty Old Saw. I didn't even know, you know, if I met, if I know your real name, I, I don't know it. So hit me up. But, <laughs> but there was a, but there was a bunch of people there. Yeah. And yeah. so like Chip, for instance, who started Royal Gold, um, he, uh, he had just come back one of those years. He had just come back from Switzerland, a tour in Switzerland. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, because for people that don't know, Switzerland was like the first place in Europe to really open up to cannabis like outdoor and greenhouse style. Um, and so when Amsterdam and Holland got rough, uh, Shanti and, and uh, Breeder Steve and a number of different people shifted over to Swiss. Yeah. Right. And so Chip had gone out and visited those guys. Right. And so he's got all these pictures on his computer of like these greenhouses full of Neville's haze. Yeah. Like 10 foot tall plants direct planted in the ground. So it was just uh yeah, Vic High. It was just really neat because it was a lot of it was a lot of connected people. It was a lot of people that were active on the forums. Um, it was five or six or seven years uh, mm -hmm. before the reversal era. Yeah. So everything was everything was reg seeds. Yeah. Everything. There wasn't any any S one. I, I don't even think I'd heard the term S one outside of a book. Yeah. I don't think so. I doubt. So it. everything, yeah. everything, everything was hybrids, you know. And people would bring their hash, bring their seeds, bring their own personal breedings, and it was like a way instead of mailing each other and giving out addresses and DMs and all that, it was like a super swap meet, yeah. right? And so it was really neat in that regard because, for one thing, uh, Ron had a catering business, so part of the money that everybody pitched in, mm -hmm. he hired his whole team. And you, and he made two meals a day for three days. That's wild. That's cool. So yeah, you got to sit yeah. there and roll joints and smoke and shoot the shit and pull tubes and trade seeds. And then you're fucking starving. Right. And yeah. then like some like tuna on crisps comes by the thing, you know, and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> I want some of that. And you're just so high and you just start eating some of that and drinking. Now you feel a million times better. Um, and so the reason I bring that up is because while now with a lot of these events and a lot of these lives and a lot of, a lot of times like uh, putting a, a face to a name has become common. Yeah. But back then it was uncommon. Yeah. Very. So it was like, really, it was really, it was really like unusual and neat. You felt special. Yeah. You know? And I mean, there was, uh, you know, there was times where, I mean, I went, I went there, I think, yeah, the foods were to die for old. They were really good. They were fully catered on meals they'd have snacks and hors d'oeuvres that would be get brought around finger food and stuff it was pretty decadent yeah you know and then just like anything else even if you're an experienced smoker you start smoking 8 10 15 kinds of weed you don't normally smoke yeah and it's the first time you're smoking all of them even weak or moderate weed will get you pretty baked yeah eventually if you're just pulling all day non-stop yeah yeah, yeah. And, and so you know there was different things where it was like you can't hang out with everyone yeah so you know you make friends some friends i made there um you know i kept up with really well yeah others like csi i didn't catch up with again for a number of years after those yeah because you just you're in different directions people you know all that different types of stuff and um 
you know, uh, Eddie let just, it was kind of just like a who's who. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of the times those people Fletch people that weren't very well known then. Yeah. But now they're all hella well known. Yeah. You know, and they have some of the best seed banks, you know, some of the best breeders around some of the best collections of weed around. Yeah. Um, you know, when I went there, I didn't have most of the stuff that I have now, but I had, I had the Maui and I had the, the chem 91 and the super skunk and I had the super dog. Yeah. Um, my, uh, my buddy who doesn't like to be mentioned, uh, you know, uh, from Staten Island, he came a couple of years with us, you know? Yeah. Um, cause we were still like right in the middle of doing that super dog project then. So yeah, yeah, we had different phenos. We had the super skunk. We had different things. We had hash that we had sifted from things and all that. So it was just a really neat gathering and time period. Yeah. People keep asking like what happened, but I think, I think we did a good job of recreating a little bit of that just a few years ago. Um, a lot of people weren't invited, you know, because it was smaller, but I think, I think that there's still an ability for our community to pull together like that and have these big events where people just get along, chill and smoke weed. Um, yeah. So it, it was a privilege because I wasn't around for, for the Ron parties at all, but it was a privilege to be a part of the, the can Illuminati parties. Those are, it was fucking insane to be a fly on the wall at those events. Yeah. I mean, they keep, they do keep happening. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say that like, they probably won't happen like that quite again. No, um, just not. for the simple fact that shit changes, yeah. you know, uh, nobody knew who CSI was then. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew who Fletcher was then. Yeah. Nobody knew who I was that, you know, I mean, there was people yeah. that were known, yeah. you know, but a lot of them were, we were all in our twenties or whatever, just trying to figure out, you know, various aspects of life. Yeah. You know, and we were all learning and trading from each other and seeing what was up. And it was, uh, you know, it was just days of, and there also wasn't a bunch of money or rep involved. Yeah. It was kind of like the last era before that era started. Yeah, it was. So we were all young, innocent and dumb and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But and, less, and of, less of a competitive nature, maybe. Yeah, yeah, we were all I mean, honestly, I came home with so many seeds from that event and I gave away, you know, thousands of seeds. Yeah. For free. Yeah. We just traded. Yeah. Oh, you've got some sweet tooth by blockhead from Steve, you know, Oh, yeah. give me a hundred of those and I'll give you a hundred of this and of this and of this and of this. Okay, cool. You know? And it was like, try it out. Yeah. It hadn't been monetized yet. No one really believed that you could make a bunch of money in America selling seats. Yeah. I bet. Especially that era. It or, wasn't, or that, it just didn't exist yet. So it was like all yeah. these heads each with their, everybody was happy to, to like, they, if you could get, people you respected to grow your beans. Oh yeah. That was everything. Fuck, yeah. man. That was like, you know, and then they hit Still you is. up and they were like, dude, I found fire in your weed. Yeah. Now you're like walking around you feel all good about yourself. Fire in my yeah, weed, right. you know, you did a good yeah. job. And, uh, you know, and, uh, yeah. In the forum era, uh, Caleb was white trash, redneck or inspector. Yeah. Now he's CSI. Yeah. Who's Turpogs? I've never heard of her. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we're going to bounce around because all those different things sort of inter- interact. So just to kind yeah. of like put a, um, you know, Ron's parties were where a lot of us made friendships with each other. 
um, where a lot of us met for the first time. It brought together different disparate groups of uh, weed heads. Yeah. All from their 20s through their 40s, you know, 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, it went on for a number of years. Uh, it, you know, it happened in the, in the, in the falls, there was a lot of fire outdoor. And I should also mention, because this is pretty important to that era where this is before the Urkel and the, and the purple craze really took off. Yeah. And so, um, that's really important because all good weeds still got grown and was sold. Yeah. There really hadn't been waves where it was like, get this one cut. Yeah. And this cut, you can sell all of that. That hadn't really happened yet. Um, I, I attribute a lot of that to fucking Jason King too for hyping cuts up so fucking hard that era. I mean, you know, it's 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 hard. I, I I don't necessarily attribute it to him. I attribute it to the brokers. Sure, because I, I can't I can't talk about other areas, but like in Mendo, let's yeah. say in oh four oh five, if you wanted to have a fifty lighter and you wanted to sell every gram of your weed you grew, yeah, and you had Granddaddy Purple or Urkel or something along those or Mendo Perps, it all went. Yeah. If you had Sweet Tooth by Louie, eh, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, you probably could. I'm not saying you couldn't. Yeah. But there wasn't buyers shooting up from the bay. Like, give me, I, got, I got room for X amount. Find it. Yeah, give me that Sweet Tooth. Yeah. You know, I mean, but, you know, because <laughs> all, that, all that work, I should say that. Like, so, and we'll talk about that um, at, at some of these things. But um, what were the po- all the popular things you can think of? were at that party both as flower and hybrids yeah and seeds so the white family was crossed into everything uh dj shorts the blueberry family was crossed into tons of stuff uh brothers grim was crossed into a, a different amount of stuff yeah um you know and then you know a bunch of classics and things like that that yeah, were still like around big high was still doing big stuff federation was still doing big at that time uh, people, I can answer that question. Someone just said, where's Jason King? He's on Maui. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute um, because that was actually, well, that, that'll overlap. But it really was, it really was like, you know, you, you hear about the legendary harvest festivals that happened in Humboldt or Mendo, small little gatherings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really what it felt like to me. Yeah. It felt like being able to go to one of those type of things. And back then, you really just talk shop and weed with your close group of hermit friends. Yeah. So getting to, getting to go to a, like and hang out with dozens of different people for three or four days and chat and chat it up, uh, really set the foundations and a lot of the, a lot of the friendships and stuff, uh, for later. Yeah. It really made a big difference. I think, um, friend, you know, friendships were forged there. Transfers were made there, but you know, ideas of things. Yeah. For a lot, for a large part of it. And I think like when you started coming in heavy, like it was all a bunch of that stuff. Yes. Yeah. It was still very much around. Like when I first started coming in heavy, I was looking for the blue widow clone. I was looking for this, the, the sweet thing clone. I was looking for all that shit. Yeah. yeah. You're looking for all that. And that was like, yeah. that was everywhere. I mean, that was like what yeah. everybody had in clones, what they had in flour and hash and seeds and all this different types of stuff. Yeah. You know? Kyle was there documenting it for high times. Although I don't think Ron let him actually made an article about it. Yeah. Cause he wanted to keep it like on the down low and not fuck it up, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, but, uh, but you know, it was interesting. And the reason why we're going to kind of bounce around to all this different types of stuff is it all overlaps. Yeah. Right. So 
Um, somebody asked about Jason King. It's a, probably a good time to, to chat about that a little bit. Sure. So at that time, uh, there was this guy, his name's Jason King, and he had this idea that I'm going to take a bunch of pictures of famous strains. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to write my own super opinionated blurb about each one of these things. Yeah. And he called it the Cannabible. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody knew what he was doing at the time uh, would be would matter. But what he did, which is super cool, is he came out with about three Cannabibles. Yeah. And they sort of document this whole like late 90s through early to mid 2000s era. Mm-hmm. Right before the Clone Wars, where all these specific clones of Kush, Urkel, Sour, all that started just dominating. And a lot of these random hybrids started to becoming hard to find. Yeah. Right. Um, so he came out with this can of Bible and I remember getting it. And uh, one of the coolest things about the first can of Bible was that the entire first introduction uh, is written by one of my weed heroes, uh, Rob Clark. Yes. Right. And yeah. Rob did Rob did this thing where he wrote this big introduction into the can of Bible, which honestly, I'm not sure anyone could have done that. And given as much legitimacy to Jason King as Ron Clark writing a big, long seed history and clone history introduction. Yeah. Because like I've said before, Ron wrote the Bible for seed breeding. Rob, sorry. Rob, Rob, Ron. Rob Clark wrote the Bible for seed breeding, marijuana botany. He wrote Hashish. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's legendary. He's an encyclopedic knowledge. He's definitely like one of the elders of the whole marijuana thing. Yeah. You know, uh, he's made lasting contributions to cannabis. And so him writing that and what he did is he outlined which strains, which was a huge debate even back then. Yeah. Which strains went to Amsterdam as clone onlys Mm -hmm. and which strains went to Amsterdam as seed lines. Yeah. And a timeline of who gave what that was kind of brief, but who gave what over there. Yeah. And then a timeline of like all these different seed companies and what years they release different versions of things. Yeah, that was one of my favorite. His chart on the uh, release of seed companies. It was the first time I'd heard of like lowland seeds and all that shit. You know, really, pearl, the pearl stuff is him. Someone's asking that. Yeah, yeah pearl yeah. is all the pearl stuff is related to Rob. And yeah. so, so for a lot of us that you're trying to piece together all this shit. Here's a guy in the know that knows all these various seed companies and breeders and work and all that. And, um, you know, he, he outlines this thing. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, so he, so he comes out with this thing. He writes this big, long thing, which is amazing. It's my favorite part of the book. No offense to the rest of the book. Yeah. And then the rest of the book is a bunch of Jason's opinionated comments on different pictures of weed he's taken and what he thinks about them. Yeah. From all over. Right. So I get this thing and uh, I'm super nerded out by it and I love it. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, flash a little bit. And there was this gentleman who uh, just passed away not that long ago, but uh, um, his name was Eddie Lepp. Yeah. Okay. And Eddie Lepp had a farm in Upper Lake, which is about 20 minutes from my house. Um, and he grew a bunch of weed there. Yeah. Okay. And he really blew it up. He's, he's one of the, he's one of the best, best. He was one of the early biggest flaunters of two fifteen. Yeah. Like I'm going to follow the law. Come get me. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people, um, that, uh, a lot of people met there. 
Yeah. Right. And so I met Jason King, uh, both there and I should should say at some of those early Ron parties. Okay. Yeah. And we became good friends. Right. Yeah. Uh, through, you know, through those connections, through hanging out at Ron's parties and then through, um, you know, he was he was a photographer and trying to document weed. And everybody back then was fascinated that Eddie Lepp was willing to fill a field full of cannabis and be like, come get me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and so, you know, and 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 so I decided to help Jason with his with his project. Yeah. He wanted to make a second can of Bible. Yeah. Right. And I'd lived in Mendo at that point a number of years. And Matt, as you're well aware, uh, weed was weed world was still insulated. then. Yes. Very much going to get a bunch of pictures uh, and you're not going to meet all the right people without an in. Yeah. Yeah. It's still kind of that way for the old school guys, though. You know what I mean? Like, but nothing like it was hard to talk to, but nothing like it was Yeah, before you couldn't even find how to contact an old guy. At least now they have like maybe an IG page or some some way you can track them down. That's Uh, true. When I first got into this, I remember I tried tracking down DJ short to to speak to him, you know, no dice. You had to find where he was going to be speaking and see him in person if you wanted to get a hold of him at that time. So we'll, we'll, we'll bounce, we'll bounce around just so everybody knows I'm going to talk about Eddie and that, and that whole era, because that's pretty cool. But, um, so these things will all overlap because they're all going on basically at the exact same time. Yeah. Ron's parties, uh, Eddie's scene at an upper Lake, um, the stuff that I haven't talked to can Bible, all this stuff is all like happening and, and, and is part of the same flow, same few yeah. years. Right. So, um, so I become friends with Jason and I decide to um, help him with his project. Yeah. Right. Um, get him introductions to people. Let him meet other people that can help him kind of navigate through Humboldt and Mendo yeah. um, and document and all that type of stuff. So as a result of all that, um, you know, and I should say this is that I, I, I was pretty good friends with Jason back then. I haven't. We, we've drifted apart. He's lived on Maui now for a long time. And I don't, I don't go to Hawaii or haven't since yeah. I had kids. So we've kind of drifted apart. We're still on good terms. Um, he's a super opinionated guy and he used to drive some people nuts. It, very true. Very true. Like there are people that will be like, that guy drives me fucking nuts. I always yeah. got along well with him. Yeah. Right. And on top of that, I was very sympathetic to what he was trying to do. Yeah. Just another weed nerd trying to fucking put the pieces together. Yeah, I I strongly disagreed with him about certain things, oh, you know, sure. yeah. Uh, yeah. and all that, you know, and we would battle about, you know, all kinds of shit, you know, yeah. um, but that, that's not that's not any different than today with people. Yeah. Um, but he was documenting and there's a lot of there's a lot of things in there, you know, like you talk about like the bull ride. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. That fell off the wayside that's documented. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, and so I start helping him figure out this different stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 you know, and me and Eddie and some other different folks um, started helping them put together the can of Bible. Yeah. Right. And by helping, I just mean making introductions and, and, you know, can this dude with a camera come to your scene? Yeah. Cause that's kind of crazy, right? You got to have some yeah. trust. Yeah. Yeah. And I bring real. a dude with a fucking camera. Yeah. To your scene. Yeah. You know, uh, and just so people get an idea, this is pretty funny. Um, I remember uh, Jason got a 12 megapixel camera. 
Yeah. With a super nice lens on it to start taking pictures because the first can of Bible was all film, right? Yeah. That 12 megapixel camera with a super nice lens mm-hmm. was over $11,000 that year. Oh my God. I'm dead serious, dude. Over $11,000 because I was Jeez. at his house. He actually rented this house from Eddie Lepp that was in Lake County, not at Eddie Lepp's property, but a separate home he owned. Yeah. So I used to, like I said, I lived 20 minutes in there for, we were, so we were together all the time. And, uh, you know, at, at, like I, like I said before about Ron, about Ron's parties at the time I was growing the super skunk, um, the, uh, the, the chem dog 91, uh, my Mendo perps, uh, the black, the black domino, the snow, the Trinity, uh, a bunch of the super dog crosses and hybrids, um, all that type of stuff. And so, you know, I start helping them get all this stuff photographed and, and documented and, you know, and it was pretty neat in that regard. Um, because, uh, you know, they, um, there's a lot of stuff that was like, that's been lost. Yeah. But there's a ton that's in those books but there's video, but there's picture evidence and there's various aspects. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so, um, if people are interested because of that close relationship, um, I had a bunch of stuff that ended up in that book. Um, the, the, I grew the dog both. I was in this process then of growing a bunch of my favorite strains, completely organic Mm -hmm. and then full salt. And, then in the same room at the same time, right next to each other. And then mm-hmm. doing a bunch of blind taste tests with me and my friends and trying to actually see. Yeah. Which is better. Right. So I, so there's, there's, uh, the chem 91 is in there as both dog and chem dog. Yeah. Grown both ways. Uh, my Mendo perps is in there, the snow, the Trinity, my super dog seven cut that I lost is in there, which is a hybrid between the, uh, myself and the guy from Staten Island made this line, basically a super skunk chem dog line. Um, the purple effects. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, Mendo perps crossed with FX, which is a cool story. Um, and actually somebody said coral reef. That's not mine, but, uh, our buddy Fletch has been hunting for that for a super long fucking time. Yeah. So if anybody knows where the coral reef is, uh, hit us up. But anyway, yeah, that, like huh? that, 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 um, that super dog thing is, is the odd connection that me and you have where I spent years and years and years trying to figure out who made the fucking super dog by asking around the whole Kim fam, all that shit. And at one point I couldn't get any fucking answers. Like half the, half the people would say, yes, it's Jesus. It's the same thing. It's just another name. You know, we made it. You know, you know, yeah, it, yeah, it didn't yeah. turn out to be that way. But I remember before we met, I remember in 2010, I made a super dog 2010 trying to recreate what I had read about in the can of Bible because I could never fucking find it. And many, many years later, when we finally interacted, I had realized you were the source of the super dog. And that was really interesting because it was such a big, long chase for me because of that book. I, I remember, I mean, I, I don't really want to tell the story of how I lost it all, but um, I, I, I remember like, I mean, I had it at all those Ron parties. I passed it out freely to a bunch of people. Um, I gave a bunch of super dog hybrids, uh, to Mandelbrot and yeah. it ended up being a lot of the basis of a lot of his males, uh, that he started using to get started because even back then everyone had to use pollen. Yeah. Uh, not that everybody doesn't use pollen today, but everybody had to use like males. Yeah. Like full regular males reversals were, 
six, seven, eight years away. Yeah. Then. Um, so, uh, I didn't even, we didn't even know it was, but the only reversals anyone ever heard of is accidental herms. Yeah. That was reversals. And sometimes if people wanted to make accidental herms, they would torture their plant. Rotalization. They would beat that. They would make it dry out. They would make it almost die. They would fuck with its life cycle. They would just torture it and see, can I get it to pop a bunch of pollen? Right. Yeah. So anyway, technique. Yeah. Like I I don't have, like I lost the super dog. I lost the purple effects, but there's write-ups in that book of it. Right. Which is pretty neat because then there's, there's at least pictures of it. Yeah. That's how it got documented and, and why we, we still know about it. Yeah. And I should tell, I should tell a funny story just because, so, uh, Jason had this girlfriend named Rebecca back then. And, um, he, uh, she was from North Carolina and they had this strain that is, is semi known right now called the mothership. Yeah. And it was this old ass weird sativa. Um, and Jason just raved and raved and raved about it. And so he got his girlfriend's friends to mail it to him in, uh, in Lake County. Yeah. Right. So you're thinking today, you know, with all the mailing tech that people have, you're thinking some like small innocuous package or whatever. Yeah. So this, this fucking thing shows up and it's a box that's about a foot, a foot wide and a foot, you know, this and two feet deep. Right. Yeah. This big fucking box, you know, and we open it up and inside are two motherships with a bunch of, with a bunch of stuffing around them in one gallon pots tied to stakes. And yeah. they're like, they're like 18 to 24 inches tall. Yeah. So instead of the person mailing us cuts, they mailed us like, one Kids. gallon pots of dirt and 18 to 24 inch tall plants like yeah. in the box. That's all there was. You open the box and it's like two plants in there. Yeah, that's wild. But it was <laughs> so unusual. I think, I don't think the post office was hip yet to like weed and like, especially plants in the mail. Sending big ass plants in the mail. No, probably. Yeah. Not. And there's actually in that can of Bible, there's some, uh, there's some pictures of that mothership. Cause I was one of the first people that grew it. Um, because I actually had running grow rooms and there's pictures of the mothership at Eddie Lepp's property. There's mm-hmm. pictures of the mothership from my greenhouses and stuff. It was a really unusual plant, but, but yeah, it got mailed to us in the most sketch way imaginable. I like, remember in Canna Bible, if I think it was the mothership that at one point, Jason King was trying to say, this has to be related to HP 13. Cause I've never tasted anything like this. That was one of those extreme speculations that he was, uh, known yeah. for. I mean, I, sh- I should say, I mean, he's my friend and everything like that, but yeah. you read the descriptions of like the dog and the chem dog and different things. Yeah. And I even wrote down like lineage and history for him. Mm-hmm. And then when he re- went to do his artistic interpretation of what he wanted to write, you read yeah. it and you're like, oh, that's fucked. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, and, well. You know, but, but that happens all the time. People talk about all oh, this journalist quoted me incorrectly or took oh, yeah. me out of context or whatever else. So but at least that's a documentation and it was there. Yeah. You know? Um, and well, so one thing I'll say, and then we'll move on and we'll talk a little bit about Eddie's situation. Right. Yeah. Is that, um, so we did, the, uh, now I'm going to lose my train of thought, but, um, Jason decided to do a can of Bible release party mm-hmm. for the second can of Bible. And he decided to invite everyone that had contributed to the book with pictures Right. And everyone that helped him put together and a who's who. And um, they uh, 
And he rented out this very, this very magical place, which I don't know if most people have heard of. There's this place called Ore Springs in Mendocino County. Mm-hmm. And it's a natural hot springs. Um, and, you know, so it's, it's got all these like cabins in the woods and stuff and all this beautiful redwood. And it's right yeah. next to Monk. Huh? No, I said yes. <laughs> no. And it's, it's right next to Montgomery Woods, which has some of the tallest trees in the world. Right. Yeah. I think three out of the five tallest redwoods are all in Mendocino County, right next to this, this hot springs. Yeah. So it's a pretty magical place. Right. So he does this thing where he throws this three day cannabible release party. Mm-hmm. Right. And we all get to come and we all have our little rented cabins and whatnot. And it's the same thing. Like one of Ron's parties, essentially it's a bunch of yeah. seed swapping and trading and all this different stuff. And Eddie Lepp's there and, and Rob Clark's there and, and, you know, uh, Caleb and Sean, like all, just all the people I already mentioned, the, yeah. a, a lot of the same people are there and a lot of people that contributed to the book, Eddie Lepp, his whole entourage and all these fr- folks. Right. Mm-hmm. So I got to meet, uh, one of my heroes at the time. Who's that? I got to meet DJ short. Fucking a, that's one of mine that I got to meet too. What a coincidence. Yeah. So, um, and that was, that was kind of intense because, you know, uh, as we've mentioned on previous podcasts, you know, if you're a, a weed nerd on the forums, you've got all the, this is way pre cookie too, right? You've got yeah. all these like, you know, test grows and stuff on the forums of all these beautiful blue family hybrids yeah. and blue and blue work. And you're like, holy fuck. Yeah. So, you know, I'm in my mid twenties or whatever, and DJ is significantly older. Mm-hmm. And so you feel like you're meeting an elder. Yeah. For and sure. you're just starting to fuck around. You know, my buddy from Staten Island and myself, we've been breeding for a number of years at that point with our super dog and different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but we kind of felt like we were just getting started. And here's this guy that's like was released in Europe in the nineties. Yeah. Worked with Sag Martha, worked with Dutch passion, had Canadian stuff, had this whole movie and everybody back then <coughs> was kind of on his jock. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody. I mean, he was kind of a famous guy then, you know, he yeah. was internet famous, him, Hempy, Vic high. Uh, you know, there were some really like famous internet personalities on those early forums. Yeah. Yeah. There and was D- DJ's work was one of them. He stood out. Yeah. Yes. Right. He did. Yeah. And he was one of the first American breeders since the breeders who first brought their stuff over to Amsterdam, like Sam and Rob yeah. and all those guys, he was like the next wave of people that got famous. Yeah. And there wasn't that much competition either. Yeah, people no. say Hempy. Hempy was a fucking. Hempy had a lot of good it. points, but man, was he a tough character. He was a dickhead. Like he was a booker. He was a. He was. He was. If you said something, I mean, a lot of those guys, like Tom Hill and stuff. If you said something ignorant, they just tear your fucking head off. Yeah, like Hempy can't even be put in that same category. He made. He, he'd stick as an idiot. I'm yeah, sorry. he was. He. I mean, you know, so, I had to deal with him too much. <laughs> so anyway. I, um, you know, DJ is at this, at this can of Bible release party. Right. And he shows up at the time. I'm all excited, but to him, it was probably like there was a bunch, I was a custy, right? Yeah. So he shows up and he's got manila, little manila envelopes, you know, Mm -hmm. with just, you know, 50 and hundred of all his lines. Yeah. Which I think back then was only four or five. Yeah. It was only a few lines at a time that he would ever sell. And they were just super expensive. For, for the time too. Yeah. He had blueberry um, and he Flo. had uh, huh, flow Flo. and I blue velvet. 
Yeah. And maybe the moonshine. Yeah. Blue moonshine or old time moonshine. One of them. Yeah. Blue. Yeah. It was blue, blue moonshine, blue moonshine, blueberry, flow yeah. and blue velvet. Yeah. Those four. And so, uh, CSI and I get to talking to him, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, I have to say, and he's still around and stuff and all that. So he's going to be kind of irritated at me, but, um, it was my first experience with realizing that a lot of these old time breeders don't know that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I thought here I am, this guy's, this guy's been doing it 15, 20 years longer than me. Yeah. You know, he's made all these amazing strains. Everybody's getting all these amazing hybrids out of them. And he's releasing all these inbred lines. And who doesn't like the word juicy fruit tie or purple tie or yeah. this or that. So you're all fucking pumped. And then you start talking to him and he's vague as fuck. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Like super vague. Yeah, he's um, I think that is one thing that I have found with people that whose opinion I respect. Everybody that has met DJ Short, including me, has had the same experience, except that he and with me, he just told me I don't own my own company. And that was, no, you know, I'm not going to say he wasn't he wasn't he was open and he talked for a long time and we talked for hours over multiple days. Yeah, you know, shooting he was a shit, lot more talking together. He was super then. jovial and 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 conversational and all that. So I don't want to, he wasn't he wasn't like we were talking about Hemdy. He wasn't a dick. Yeah, yeah. You know, but but you know, I kind of feel like having being a weed nerd myself and talking to tons of breeders. Yeah. Um, if there's one thing you can do, you can talk in detail about your own shit. Yeah, you should be able to because it's yes. your shit, and it's like you're fucking a weed nerd and you're fucking into it and. It's your you passion. Know, yeah. It's your passion. And, and, you know, and you can just do that shit off of memory. You don't need, and he just kept saying stuff. Oh, I'd have to go back and look at my notes. Yeah. I'd have to check my notes. And, you know, I'd ask him like, why didn't, you know, did you ever, did you ever back cross or did you ever use any of your original genetics again? Yeah. And he was like, no, you know, he's like, at the time he was like, I still have thousands of seeds, but they're so old and I haven't stored them. Well, I don't know if they pop. Yeah. Right. And so I just remember like walking away from there and uh, just being like, just, I just thought I was going to get a wealth of information. Yeah. And in the hours and hours that I talked to him, I don't, I don't even know if I got too many tidbits. Yeah. No. You know? And then if you read his book, now it's going to sound like I'm dissing him. It is a very, very rudimentary way of growing inside. It is. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, the one thing I will say that I think is super cool about his book is he does describe a bunch of uh, uh, weed that he smoked when he was younger. That's my favorite part of the book. Uh, and then he also does this thing where he has this. I mean, we didn't no one used the word terpenes back then, but he tried to make like an olfactory chart. Yeah. Like a smells chart and break down what smells are related to what. Yeah. And how it was a really thought, good chart. And I, it was a fantastic chart. I highly recommend it still because anything that trains you to speak about things in language is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he was talking about like squirrel cage fans and, you know, I mean, yeah. but that's kind of like, you know, he kind of grew in trailers in Oregon and, and yeah, used, tech. used very eighties tech and never really yeah. advanced. Right. Yeah. Um, but be that as it may, despite being very disappointed by talking to him about things i still bought like 400 450 of his seats yeah every line he had the velvet the moonshine the blueberry the flow i bought you know i don't know yeah. 75 to 150 of them yeah right 
Um, and I, and I, I went home and I grew them all out. Yep. Um, I think is the name of the book is like cultivating exceptional cannabis or something That's like it. that. Yeah. That's it yep. right off the top of my head. Something like that. It's got yep. a really pretty flow plant or something on the cover. Yeah. Extremely yeah. I purple. Think I think it's a flow, but some other people have said it's a blue satellite too. Like there's some, some, some discrepancies on that as well. Well, one of the things, I mean, when you interviewed uh, Chimera and Red, yeah, you know, um, you know, one of the things that Chimera is good friends with DJ, so he's not going to say anything rude. But what he did say is he kind of basically admitted that he thought that everything that he had was like the same line. Yeah. And it was just different. Expre- like DJ would see an expression within the line and he would be like, oh, this is its own thing. It's blue velvet. Yeah. And if I just breed stuff with expressions like that, it's its own thing. But that's not really what was going on either because he was crossing opposite to, to opposite when he was doing line breeding, working directional, which is what you don't do. It was very artistic take on breeding for the time. And he, and and in fairness, like we said before, I mean, they were writing the book as they were going, you know, like these were guys just getting into can breeding. There was no books to be had, you know, at the time when DJ was doing this. So mad props to him for fucking doing what he did. I, I was able to uh, work with a bunch of his work that I'm stoked on. Um, I'm not as stoked on his uh, human work um, as far as bre- bre- human breeding. But other than that, you know, like as far as cannabis breeding, I, I, owe, I owe a big debt of gratitude to him. I mean, I'm not, de- but I just, you know, it's one of those like he, that's the conundrum, right? Is that it is the conundrum. Stuff. You see all this amazing stuff. You see how it all works. You get it yourself. And I grew up, imagine people listening. I grew out 450 seeds over the next year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd like to say I found a, a few keepers that I, I miss. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I did. I, it, it was unbelievably beautiful. A lot of it, especially pre cookie, there was lavenders, there was blues, there was pink, yeah. there was purple. There was various shades of in between. It didn't have a lot of terps. Mm-mm. Uh, and it didn't have a very potent high, most of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but when I outcrossed it to different things, I got way better weed yeah. than anything of the pure lines I got from him. So you can imagine how fucking excited I am, right? Because now there's no seed bank. There's no middleman. It's like mm-hmm. I'm getting handwritten manila envelopes from the guy. Yeah. The real deal, Holyfield. Mm-hmm. Oh, Can't my get God. Am I, am I going to find the fire? Yeah. Here it comes, right? Mm-hmm. All the shit, labeling, backing everything up. I mean, you know how it goes when you're yeah. running hundreds of things and you want to keep track of it. What the fuck? Yep. You know, it's uh, it's a huge pain in the ass. Yeah, I just you recently know? did that. I mean, people are talking about you know popping 450 seeds in the in the chat, and not finding anything. I just recently popped almost the same amount of uh, stuff from from uh, Blue Lines. And uh, went through all of it and had a very similar experience. Now, I, I, I will say something because there is some there is like a an economic aspect that we don't talk about. Right. Where back then, um, you know, most fire indoor was, you know, four to forty five hundred. Yeah. A pea. Yeah. So it was really easy to grow flower and yeah. have a side room or two with a couple of lights in each for experimentation. Yeah. You know, the, the rate, you know, a, a 12 lighter could was, was everything you needed in life if you wanted yeah. it to be. So, uh, the economics were really easy to allow people to experiment and fuck around. Yeah. 
now things are super tight and it's gotten quite hard and mathematics and economics are much more difficult right in this particular period of time. Yeah. Um, but back then, you know, it was like, that's what kept the cropping from being boring. I got a question for you. This is a good uh, question. This is from the chat, but it's a good question and relevant. Where did that Swami guy come from? Was he around when you were hanging out? So I, no, 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 no. That's weird. I didn't see Swami. That's I did not. Bad. I did. I did not. I mean, he's a pretty recognizable character. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have even if you didn't become friends with him or whatever. Like you wouldn't have mistaken him. No, I don't think so. No. And you know, we'll get we'll get to that. I don't want to. I don't want to break it up, but we'll get to that um, when we talk about the authenticity part in a little bit here. Yeah. Sure. Um, as as far as that goes, because there's a bunch of people that one of the things about cannabis I'll talk about super briefly is that. You can just sort of step out of the shadows. Yeah. And then people are like, I don't believe where this person came from. If I'm, I'm, I'm who I am, I would have known him. Yeah. You know? Um, so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where uh, there's a lot of shady characters in cannabis what? and there's a lot of, and there's a lot of people who make good and bad opinions about people on the internet that you have never met and you don't hang out with in real life. Yeah. You know, Matt and I are friends in real life. Yes. You know, like we're real life friends. Uh, we we've made, all the we've time. made real love to each other. So, uh, yeah. you know, platonically from a distance, <laughs> you know, all that. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's different. And you have a bunch of people yeah. who become fanboys or girls of different people and mm -hmm. attack whoever they want to and stuff like that. You know, and it becomes difficult because they don't know their enemy and they yeah. don't know their friend. Yes. Either. Yeah. They know like a, a social media construct of that person. Sure. Which is not the same thing. No. So, but we'll get to that in a bit. So scrolling back, you've got, you've got Ron's parties, right? Yeah. Uh, being sort of a nexus for this thing. You've got, uh, you've got the cannabible parties, which were another nexus bringing yeah. people together, you know? Um, yeah. I, but I was, I have to say, I was super disappointed because I really feel like, you know, if you take home 450 seeds from four different lines from a breeder and uh, you don't find anything you really think or want to or want to keep, you know? Yeah. That's super disappointing. Yeah, that it is disappointing. That's a lot of money. It's a it's a lot of money. I mean, he gave me a good deal. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I paid full custody because I'm at the no, but he liked to make money, too. But the, the yeah, but the, the the size of the room, the amount of just everything that goes into the economics of growing. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. And, you know, yeah. like I talked before, it was like, you know, there's there's eight or 10 American elites of NL5 Hayes. Yeah. I ran 60, 70 NL5 Hayes and didn't find any of those keepers. Yeah. But other people did. Yeah. You know, um, so DJ was a disappointment just in the sense that he comes from like a, a different generation of weed nerd, I think. Yeah. Where they're just not that deep into detail. Yeah. You know, I mean, one thing you can say about Rob Clark or Sam Skunkman, it's whether or not you want to believe a bunch of what they say or not. They're heavy on detail. Yeah. A lot yeah. of the old, a lot of the old guys you talk to, um, you know, they're light on detail. Yeah. They don't remember or they try to make it up. They did it. Yeah. But they just don't like, it's even the same thing with like the sour stories or a lot of the stuff that happened in the nineties that we try to get to the bottom of. Yeah. They didn't know it was going to be important. 
I'm pretty you know? sure DJ thought he was always going to be important based on having met him. I'm pretty sure he always believed he was going to be important. Yeah, I mean, like I said, over that you weekend, know? I probably talked to him for five, six hours, seven hours. Yeah. And we were there for three days. All we were doing was like literally smoking weed and hanging out and shooting the shit and eating food. Dude, I would have loved to have had that opportunity with him. I just, it just seems so not interested in discussing anything with me. And it was, it was, it was hard because I, I did look up to him so much. And it's not that I lost respect for him, but it's just like the more I learned about breeding uh, hands-on, the more I learned about why his lines turned out the way they did and why I was having such a hard time working those lines, you know, um, it, it all made sense in the end. And yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, I don't, I'm not dissing him because like you're fucking around in the seventies or eighties or even in the nineties or whatever. It's yeah. like you learn as you go, you know, yeah. you bottleneck something when it's early on and that's what you got. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not dissing him by any means because there's a lot, like I said, there's, I think his lines are overly inbred. Yeah. Oh, but, definitely overly inbred. But some that's of the wrong. most fire weed at those Ron parties was outcrosses of blue, yeah. of blue work. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with having an inbred kind of unique to the cannabis scene line. And it takes some outcrossing to really bring out its true character. No, that's kind of what, what breeders would want. Something very stable and worked. You know, I don't think that's a diss necessary. Now, of course, no, do I no. wish that DJ would have repopulated his juicy tie and his purple tie and his original yeah. lines every four or yeah. five years and kept fresh seed of the original things? Yeah, sure. Of course I do. Do I wish he was interested in them and didn't just let them go to shit, even though he had them? Yeah. But yeah, I do. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, everybody looks back on when they were younger and was like, boy, do I wish I did this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't have those regrets about their 20s? Yeah. You know, I don't even remember what happened in my 20s. So. Right. So yeah. shit's fucked up, you know. And so yeah. so that's happening. Um, all these cannabible things are happening. They're all getting documented in that regard. And Eddie Lepps was another place that was kind of like Ron's parties or the Cannabible parties where um, people overlapped a bunch. Yeah. Because people wanted to come out and see oh, this guy is growing a thousand pounds in his front yard. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. He's a wild and one. Now, now it's like, it sucks because, you know, uh, what happened to him is he ended up going to jail for 10, him and his wife ended up going to jail for 10 years. Yeah. Um, and you see gardens way bigger than his all over the place now. Yeah. And he didn't do People should know this. He didn't just go for it. Okay. He did this crazy thing. This is probably worth mentioning where the law said you were allowed to have six plants and a 10 by 10. Yeah. So he mapped out his farm in 10 by 10 grids and he collected, right. Um, you know, he collected medical cards for each grid. Yeah. And each, medical card was tied to a specific grid. Yeah. And you could give him your strains to grow in that grid. And he would do a certain amount of work, like feed it and water it and this and that. But like, you could come out there and do your own de-leafing and your own various aspect of different things like that. You could put in more work. Yeah. If you wanted to and really make your 10 by 10 nice. And then there was, I don't need to get into that part of it, but there was a split between him and you. Yeah. You know? So Honestly, it's like he didn't just like blow it up and go for it. He literally had 10 by 10 plots with six plants per plot yeah. tied to a medical card. And he would just stack hundreds of them. Yeah, he was just challenging the government to challenge their own 
like little gray areas of the law is what he was doing. Pretty punk rock, I might say. Yeah, super punk rock, super yeah. rebellious. And he wanted to have Eddie Lepp gardens all up and down the fucking the highway. Yeah. He literally felt like most people wouldn't be able to grow their own. Yeah. <clears throat> but why couldn't you come bring your medical card to Eddie Lepp's collective? Yeah. And grow your own fairly near your house where you could go tend to your plants on the weekend. Yeah. You know, and what happened to him was he... He had this huge plot in his front yard. I'm not going to dig him out. I got some posters from him and a bunch of pictures and stuff, but it's too hard to show like on the thing. Um, But anyway, he, and then the the last year he had, he decided to get seven acres across highway 20 from his house in Upper Lake. And he was going to grow about 13 acres of cannabis. (laughs) Yeah. Dead serious. 32,000 plants. Yeah. That's a lot for the time. Yeah. Uh, 32,000 plants. All documented right yeah all with all with and i begged him not to yeah uh, because i was like dude i don't think the dea i don't think the, i don't think they'll let you get away with it yeah. like i'm worried like they'll come down and they'll bring the hammer down you know mm-hmm. um yeah some photos of that are in the can of bible 100 there's a whole thing on eddie in the can of bible actually yeah um you know and and there's definitely pictures throughout the can of bibles that are from eddie's spot uh, you probably won't recognize them if you, if you hadn't been there, but anyway, um, so I begged him not to do it. Uh, some other friends begged him not to do it, but there was other people that thought he'd be fine and they were really pushing their boundaries. Yeah. They were pushing it hard. Um, and, uh, you know, he got raided by the DEA. It cost him a lot with 32,000 plants, you know, and he, he, him and his wife got 10 year sentences. Yeah. Uh, 10 year federal, federal sentences. And the shit, the, the shitty thing about federal sentences is that you have to serve 85% of the time. It's not like the state where you can get off halfway for good behavior. Yeah. And him and he was a Vietnam vet and him and his wife were older. His wife passed away in prison, sadly. Yeah. Um, and then he got out and, uh, you know, the world had changed. He went from being this like rebel maverick kind of center of attention, which to be honest, he's, he was kind of egotistical and he had, you know, he tried to yeah. form a cannabis church and, yeah. You know, he was fucking that's, you know, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of characters. Right. So, yeah. um, but he got out and the world had changed. Now there's all these motherfuckers doing gardens, his size. Yeah. And it's all fine. And, you know, he gave up, you know, um, he gave up a lot for that. Yeah. And he got he hammered pretty fucking hard. And there's people there. There's people that, <clears throat> I, I mean, I'll mention a few people, I guess, you know, um, one of the, one of the Skittles crew that like that spun off into dying breed and now is his own person, Shiloh, probably a bunch yeah. of people know. Um, I, I was like the second person in Mendo that Shiloh met. Yeah. Um, him and Dallas, uh, who's got another, you know, who he works with now. Um, they both were working at Eddie's. Yeah. There was a bunch of people that became kind of well-known later <clears throat> that were kind of Eddie's farmhands back then. Yeah. You know, and we're because it was a big deal. It was a big mess. He yeah. wasn't the most organized character either. So you can imagine, you know, <laughs> he was definitely king of his hill and he spent yeah. a ton of time entertaining and being himself, you know, yeah. uh, and then you're trying to grow thousands of pounds. Yeah. You know, uh, and, uh, you know, and, but we were all young then. A lot of us hadn't, none of us had really made our names anywhere. You know, it was all people that, you know, it was just, it was a smaller world. Yeah. You know, for sure. Um, and so, but Eddie had a bunch of parties at his house. He had a bunch of gatherings at his house. 
a bunch of people from Spy Rock and Bell Springs would come down because they were shocked that he could. They did big shit up there, but they lived such a crazy lifestyle. Um, they were shocked he could do it. Literally, like you drive, I can still dr- I drive Pius House pretty often. Still, you can see it from the highway. Yeah, his, so he his was old house. Yeah, his old yeah. house that he he lived at for a long time. Um, yeah, and that's the house that's in the Canada Bible. You know, um, and and it was like a who's who of legalization guys. Uh, I should I should say something else. Um, you know, uh, his last years, um, Jack Herrera moved and got a house right down the street from Eddie. Yeah, I passed by that house too. Eddie, uh, Jack Herrera was at a bunch of those parties. Um, I have some signed books by him and stuff like that. He was over there a bunch, just hanging out. You know, yeah. Um, you know, he had he had some health problems right there on the twenty. Yep, he had some health problems and some strokes, some stroke issues and stuff like that. So some of his last years, he was, you know, he kind of had like, a, um, you know, sometimes some parts of your face don't work the greatest. Yeah, but his mind was still there even though sometimes he struggled to get out certain things. Yeah. Um, but you know, Jack is another hero. Yeah. He had a whole cannabis cup made after him. He was, you know, he wrote the book on the hemp possibilities. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was kind of a, it was kind of a smaller world. Yeah. Um, but it was all those Ron's parties, the can Bible parties, Eddie Lepp's whole situation. This was all sort of like a NorCal, you know, uh, Emerald Triangle, Lake County kind of thing that was going on where yeah. a lot of people were fi- were f- starting to come off their hills and, and, and meet people, you know, and it was pretty, it was, it was pretty integral to what came later, I think. Yeah. You yeah, know, definitely. it was a lot of us that are, are middle aged now and are trying to pass down history. We were looking up to people like Eddie Lepp or Rob Clark or Tom Hill, uh, yeah. who is a cantankerous old man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, he was a I'd little nicer. To, I'd love he, to get him on here, but we'll see. We'll he see. was a little, he was a little nicer in person, but man, uh, if he didn't know you and you said yeah. something dumb on the internet, you know, yeah. uh, he was going to, he was going to, uh, eviscerate of, uh, uh, yeah, he, he would eviscerate familiar at all. <laughs> your, your ego. He would rip it out of your asshole and make you feel like the smallest little bitch in the world. Yeah. And people are saying there's very weather. There's people saying, Oh, I might've met you back then. Not. So it's very possible, yeah. you know, that you met me um, or I met you. I mean, there was a lot of comings and goings then even at those parties at Ron's parties. Like um, it's not like I got to meet and like made lasting relationships with everyone there. Yeah. Some of them were 20 minute conversations. Some of them were hours. Yeah. Some of them were in the tight circle of people I was hanging out with all weekend. Cause that's how it worked. Some of them were on the periphery. I mean, it's just kind of, one of those things. And none of us were, none of us were anything then. Yeah. We were all just a bunch of young weed nerds, you know? Yeah. Tom yeah. was like, yeah, I agree. Dirty old Tom, Tom was super nice to me, but you read some of the stuff when people ask them dumb questions online and Holy fuck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's, he was highly intelligent. Some people don't suffer no fools. No, he was highly intelligent and he didn't have a lot of patience. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I can, I can definitely relate to, to that sometimes. Yeah. I mean, but you, you see that, you see that even now, like you get so burnt out by dealing with people, you know? Yeah. Um, I think the same thing happened to, to Sam Skunkman. 
to some degree. Oh yeah. 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 You know, sure. uh, he was probably nicer and more chill. And then you get, you have to answer the same 50 questions a billion times and you get accused of all this shit. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're a can- cantankerous old man. Yeah. It's very easy to fall in that category. You know, but those guys were all legends, all heroes to us. Vic, Tom Hill, Hempy, you know, uh, these were all like leaders of the scene, you know, um, and, and old timers to us. Yeah. You know, Tom's got to be, I mean, Tom's got to be 20 years older than me. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I don't, maybe 50s. You think he's only in his 50s? Yeah, I think I think you're pretty old, actually. I think you're probably older than him. You're in your sixty. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's all the oil of Olay. Yeah, that's you know, it keeps is. keeps me young, or whatever. <laughs> but the reason why I'm babbling about all this shit is it's where a lot of people because there was essentially like there was essentially like uh, what's the best way to put it? Maybe the best way to put it is that in the '90s, most weed scenes were very isolated to themselves to very small circles. It was very risky. It was illegal everywhere. No one was really chatting. The grateful dead, dead tour, fish tour, that kind of thing. There was some overlapping things because people would meet and not be as scared because nobody knew where anybody else lived. Yeah. No, I'm not dude. I'm 45. Matt's joking. No, he's 60. He's lying. Uh, I'm 40. I'm 45. No, (laughs) I'm definitely not. sixty. Definitely not. Um, you know, but, but, you know, I mean, and I'll say the same thing too, because I just saw uh, my buddy who I was talking to earlier today, uh, Skunk VA, uh, Skunk VA is on the thing, right? I go to Ron's party and I am so hoping to meet all these legendary people and strains and shit. And I'm like, just hoping to get hooked up, you know, mm-hmm. and not to be a dick, but like, I felt like I had the chem dog and I had the super skunk and I had the Mendo. I felt like I had the best weed there. Yeah. I was like, I had weed that tore people's head off. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, you know, it's not to be, be bragging or anything like that because it was literally just the luck of the draw and the luck of my friends. Yeah. You know, um, and, uh, and dead tour, you know, was one of those things where, um, it was, it was sort of like a huge weed emporium. Yeah. And it made a lot of these connections and it made a lot of these things that I tied in. And the whole reason I came out to Mendocino County um, was because I had a buddy who lived in Ukiah, which is in the heart of Mendo, um, who after two fifteen passed was like, dude, get the fuck out here. Why are you living in Chicago? Yeah. So it was literally connections from dead tour that like brought me out here. Right. Yeah. So getting back to what I was saying is that in Northern California and in dead shows, there was a weed scene and on the forums, it developed a weed scene. And in the Emerald Triangle, there was kind of a weed scene, right? Mm -hmm. And then these parties and these events and stuff was sort of like the first mixers. Yeah. They were the first places where these scenes started to like overlap. Where the forum scene and the Mendo and Humboldt scenes and the Grateful Dead scenes and all these different groups that have ties to different circles. They start like a Venn diagram. The circles start crossing. Yeah. And I honestly think that's set up kind of everything for the American weed scene for later. I think so. Yeah. I really do. Like none of us knew it at the time. No, by any means. It wasn't like, we're like, Oh, we're here for history. You know, it was just, it, but it did. It, it was the, it was the merging of things. I mean, I should say even back then, this was a few years after Ron's parties, but like, um, you know, I mentioned the purple effects that's in the, uh, that's in the Canna Bible. 
maybe I should talk about that for a second because people might be interested in that. Um, the, the purple, the purple part of purple effects is just Mendo perps, right? Yes. And the effects was this old garlic bud strain that I got from uh, the head grower who worked for Tim Blake. Yeah. Now, Tim Blake now is very famous because he's the founder of Emerald Cup. But back then, he was just a big uh, gorilla outdoor indoor uh, farmer. Yeah. And his, his main worker was about my age. They are the purple effects. And they gave me the effects, which was a super golden, gorgeous, frosty, terpy thing. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there wasn't any reversals, but how the, the purple effects got made um, in the Cannabible is that I had a, a system that got a little stressed because I had an air conditioner issue and it took me a few days to get it fixed. And, you know, as, as CSI will tell you, you stress the Mendo perps and the fucker will harm. Yeah. Right. So the Mendo perps hermed all over the effects that was right next to it. And me and a buddy got about a thousand seats. Jesus. 800 to a thousand. I mean, I was, at the time we were hella pissed. And the reason why we got that many was because we had like these six or seven, you know, quarter pound to six ounce, you know, effects plants all around it mm-hmm. that we couldn't sell. Yeah. They're chock full of fucking seed. But we cracked this thing and it ends up being super terpy, um, you know, and all that. And it ended up in the can of Bible. It was gorgeous weed. Um, and you know, I should say that there's been some battles amongst the crew. We'll talk about that too, but, um, some of that weed exists still. I don't have it. I lost it in a bus, but some of that weed exists still. And it's in, um, it's in the Rose. Mm -hmm. It's in the Sprite. Um, Mm -hmm. it got passed around at, at some of Tim Blake's early, you know, people should know that Tim Blake had this spot called area one Oh one in, uh, North of Laytonville. Right. Yeah. And he threw a bunch of weed events up there. And he threw um, a bunch of like essentially like weird raves and different kinds of like musical gatherings and and all that kind of stuff. And it was kind of like a scene. And, you know, the first half a dozen Emerald Cups were all super local events held there. Yeah. Um, And so I passed out a bunch of seed. There was a gentleman that used to work up there and used to work at Reggae a bunch called Fuzzy. Um, That's not his real name, but that's his nickname. And uh you know, and all that and stuff. And so, you know, he ended up getting the, the purple effects from me and, and that's who the, you know, Tony Mendo and those guys got it from. Yeah. And it got blended into Skittles and it got, got to all these different things, you know, and it, it, it lives today. Yeah. You know, uh, and that, but that was a total, that was before FEMS. That was literally an unintentional fuck up uh, where in summertime, the AC went out for two days. Yeah. And, you know, it got hot and then I put a new AC in and everything was good. And then the Mendo P just threw through pollen. Yeah. And I had a, and I, and I had a feminized cross. Um, people are asking, what about California black rosé? As far as I know, it's the same thing. Same thing. Um, yeah. So what happened to them is like a lot of cannabis terms. Uh, rosé is trademarked. Yeah. Rosé is a very specific kind of wine. And there's also another seed company that has a totally different line called rosé as well relentless and that's not related to i don't think it's related to the same dime Greek one but uh, don't quote me now that i think about it, i don't know but rose, it's very different uh, so they had to change it uh because they got because as you, as you get legal and you start yeah. entering these things and stuff you start getting sued yeah you know girl scout cookies and thin mint is cookies because they got fucking sued by the girl scouts yeah 
you know, the reason why Skittles has Z's, yeah, you know, is they're trying to skate around these, these trademark laws, right? So mm-hmm. Rosé is Russian OG crossed with Skittles, that's the Z, crossed to purple effects, that's the E. And it took second place, I don't know, three, four years ago or whatever at the Emerald Cup. So, so what I got out of them, and, and this, this one's been, I think I have a screenshot of it. It was Russian Kush, Oz Kush, effects crossed back to Skittles is the claim. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, so it's, it's close to yeah. that. But they had, the, the seeds that they had were purple effects seeds from, from Fuzzy that was from me. Yeah. Because back then it was like there wasn't any, I mean, in this same time frame, um, I should say this too, but, you know, uh, my buddy from uh, me and, and uh, uh, Skunk VA's old friend who um, with the chems and stuff, we were working on these super dog projects together and crossing them to all kinds of different hybrids and, and clone only as we had. Yeah. Um, and our, my buddy Mandelbrot uh, at the time who wasn't into seeds or breeding wanted to get started with weed. And I ended up giving him a bunch of seeds and a bunch and some clones to get him started yeah. on this project. And he ended up becoming pretty well known. Um, some of the stuff he got famous for was based off that work. Some of it was a little different from different things. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the reason I brought that up isn't to like lay claim. It's to say that back then we were very free with trading things. Yeah. Because no one ever thought that they could come out of the woodwork and lay claim to anything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That it's wasn't a worry. Now it's all like, fuck you. You can't breed with my, my cut. That's mine. Yeah. That's my seed line. I want Matt knows this more than me because um, I I've avoided so far a lot of the weed politics by giving away a bunch of seeds for free. Yeah. And yeah. when you sell seeds like Matt, uh, you end up getting, you know, I want half the seeds because you use my cut in this one cross. I want rep. I want you to mention me. I want you to give me money. Uh, it's my shit. You don't have permission. Blow jobs. I have huh? so many blowjobs I've had to give just because of seeds. It's not fair. Not fair. Yeah. It's not, you know, I mean, do what you love. Do what you yeah. love. So it's what I'm good at. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, so there, you know, there's an aspect of politics, but this was before that politics. Yeah. People just swapped seeds. People just swapped, you know, people just swapped cuttings. People swapped, you know, all this different stuff. It wasn't like, you know, you didn't want your name attached to weed. Yeah. Cause then they'd fucking find you. What the fuck is that? Yeah. It's exactly. ridiculous. You know, you'd be, you, you'd get, you'd get in fucking, you get in, you'd get in trouble. Yeah. Right. You don't want anything named after you. What the fuck is crazy? You know? Yeah. And then, yeah, it, and now sure. it, now it's come full circle. It's 180 degrees. And now it's like, someone's like, I didn't breed this cut, but I did make it famous. So therefore, if you're making any money off it, you must give me money. The rule of the map. And it's in, yeah. And it's, it's in my terms. Yeah. You know, I want seeds. I want money. I want rep. I want all three and all all this different stuff. But it's just like those things. I mean, it's even like, you know, people were asking way earlier on the thing that I have to sign a disclosure for DJ. Yeah. DJ came up with all that, all that, this is my shit. You can't do anything with it way fucking later. Yeah. Yeah. At the time there was no, at the time there was no, I mean, people should give credit, you know? I mean, I, I just saw a homie mention that people should give credit. You should say that I got this from this person. You know, you also should, um, if you got a cut from somebody, um, you should give it back to them if they lose it. Yeah. That's really good etiquette. You know, um, yeah. I've had multiple things that I've lost 
And I've tried to get back from people. I, I, I mentioned the purple effects. That's one of them. It exists. I can't get it back without trading other things for it. Yeah. Which I think is uh, super shady and a, and a breach of the code. At least yeah. the code when I came up. Um, you're definitely supposed to do that. There's some honor. I mean, half the reason people trade things is so you don't lose things. Yeah. Because angry girlfriend, angry boyfriend, bust, fire, landlord, moving, accident, whatever, you know, yeah. all, all those different types of things. Um, you know, you, you trade things back amongst people, you know? Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons, you know, I'll say this cause he's, cause he's listening or whatever, but I mean, one of the reasons why the Chem 91 didn't get lost yeah, was because there was a tight group of, uh, you know, four or five of us, myself, uh, Skunk VA, IC Collective, my buddy from Staten Island, who all had it and all lived in NorCal. And, you know, we all kept it alive. You know, yeah. people, sometimes people got in trouble. Some people had to move. Sometimes you had to get it back from somebody or whatever. And it was like we were all heavily invested and making sure yeah. these things lived, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why a lot of these cuts are still in our group, you know, like in our, our tight circle, because, you know, we all move around. We all fucking, yeah, you know, <laughs> he said, he's just saying, uh, I'll just say, I'll just say this. Uh, and I, I got to keep thinking cause I'm, I keep wanting to say his name, but Skunk Via, I like, I have a hard time bullshitting at pace and reading comments at the same time. Um, yeah. I mean, he did, you know, he, you know, um, you know, there were some people that lost it. I mean, my whole name, you know, he just said that I had to give IC back the cut like five times. Yeah. My whole name, not so dog is because our buddy from Staten Island drove up to see IC collective and got a bag of dog and brought it back. And it wasn't the dog. Cause dude yeah. was dude, dude used to party and he got mixed up and mixed up his clones and he grew a whole room of chem dog. And it was yeah. like Romulan or something like that. You know, yeah. it really was. Um, we had to get it to him back because he was like, what do you mean? It's not it. It has to be. it." <laughs> you know, and I'm like, no, dude, it's not so dog. It's not it. We had to call yeah. him up and homie was all excited. He's like, I've never seen it look like this, you know? Yeah. And I was like, the reason why he's ever seen it, I, I had stuck my head in the bag because I was in the bag. With, I was in the car with Staten Island. I told it before and I looked up and I'm like, it's not so dog. It's not dog. I don't know what you're talking about. You're tripping, you yeah. know? And, what? and so. He talked you know, to Staten I mean, Island he, today. That's crazy. Uh, that's good because they, you know, they used to be, yeah, they used to be best friends and I'm not going to, you know, there's, and there, I should, there's aspects to stories I always leave out because they're personal and I don't think they're super pertinent. Yeah. I'm just stoked for us because I want to get both those motherfuckers on here at the same time it, with you. That'd it, be would, great. it would be cool to get homie to get to come talk because a lot yeah. of the story people should know and that people are like, Oh, not so wasn't there, this, that, whatever else. A lot of the stories I have, um, you know, come from Staten Island or come from Skunk VA talking to them 20 plus years ago. Yeah. Before the forums, before the fame, before he got on and got his handle, Skunk VA, you know, before the cut was getting traded, when it was just our little crew that had it. Yeah. You know, honestly, like they don't come from me. They come from my memory of like what I remember about sitting around shooting the shit and growing weed and, and doing shit together. Yeah. You know, um, it would be, it would be a really neat, uh, thing to do, um, both to bridge that gap between the two of them and get them to talk back and forth, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, we've been trying to get dude on here for a long time, actually. 
I've been uh, trying to get Scott Fier too. He's just so shy. He's kind of a he's kind of he's kind of prickly. But I mean, I he, him and I were him and I were you know me and um and him and and Skunk VA, we've all known each other a long time. Yeah. Really long time, way back. And so, you know, at a certain point, you know, you bury the hatchet about different things. Um, it's hard, you know, it's yeah. hard. It's, it's hard being in weed and having all these like interpersonal, you know, you mix business and friendship. Yep. You know, and people have different memories about shit. Yeah. You know, and all that. So, uh, you know, it, it, uh, but yeah, it's good. I, I spoke to, uh, I, uh, right before the show, actually, um, uh, skunk VA and I were talking, uh, chatting back and forth a bunch via text about some stuff. And, uh, we have a ray of hope <laughs> on something that we maybe thought was long lost. So if, if it's, if it so develops, I'll report back. Um, but that's what, that's what we try to do. It's like old friends trying to look out for one another. Yeah you only make it through this world, you know, the people are much more important at the end, at the end of the day than the money or the fame or the bullshit. Yeah. I'm, I'm big into people, you know, I need enough money to survive, you know, but uh, I'm big into people. Yeah. You know, so, um, it's, I like to see my friends doing good. I like to see, and we've all, you know, all of us are like semi autistic weed nerds in some way or whatever, you know, and like you, it's odd you know, living alone or living by your, you know, living amongst, uh, you know, small groups of people and mm-hmm. living weed and taking a bunch of risks and staying secret for a long time. Like me showing my face is fucking nuts. Yeah. You know, and now I show it weekly. Yeah. You know, and you know, so I just, I just thought it would be, it would be cool. Cause this era is like right before kind of Matt came into things. Yeah. Which is like, I apologize because I keep trying to get uh, shows done where I make it like more Matt's era than mine. Um, because there's My an era where like, smaller. They had an era, smaller. They had, there was an era where like, you know, I was having a bunch of kids and had some issues or whatever. And, and Matt was super engaged uh, when yeah. I was a little less engaged. But so far, I, you know, I'm going to drag him kicking and screaming into his era. <laughs> where it's mostly him talking and me shutting up, but he keeps making us do these things where it's, it's a little older stuff. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's a lot too, because I've been, you know, doing the live feed for a long time. And I think for this many years, I think people are more excited to hear from someone else for a bit. And I I'm excited to hear like from an era I wasn't a part of. And I think nobody gives a fuck to hear what I have to say about something I wasn't a part of. And I don't either. So I think it's, it's, it's not just about well, my ego on this thing. I think it's good to, to get all aspects of history on here. And, you know, there's a thing, too, where it's like, I mean, we didn't know back in the day that the chem dog was going to become super famous. Uh, yeah. It stayed alive um, because our buddy from Staten Island used to take it to, like, you could meet him outside of any Jerry show outside the Warfield and probably buy a $400 ounce. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, all that. You could... Uh, you know, um, when, when Jerry Garcia died, you know, um, and he decided to, and, and, you know, skunk VA came back to California, you know, he got cuts from homie and he started, he started growing because all of a sudden he was settled down. He wasn't traveling and seeing shows and stuff. And that's where some of his Polaroids come from of that old skunk cut, you know, and, you know, small group of us were growing the dog and we were always, we called it, you know, no one called the chem 91 and all that. That's all like later, we all called it the dog. Yeah. And, you know, 
uh, Skunk VA and our buddy from Staten Island, they mostly grew organic. Um, so they didn't even want to call their weed chem. Yeah. They weren't going to call it the chem dog. I think Not- that picture, I think that picture of the super skunk for me, at least, and what I'm interested in is one of the most important pictures that anybody could have kept that and some of the Josh DOG pictures. Um, yeah, those are specifically those are the sour picture and or, or pictures of sour pictures of the old super skunk. Super, super fucking important for solving that weird mystery of like, was this super skunk cut the same as the original super skunk cut? That is hard to that was hard to figure out. Yeah. And that uh, helped a lot. I mean, there's a thing too, like part of the, you know, I, we don't need to go over it again. Um, but we'll talk about it just really briefly. We were talking about like Ron's parties and these and, and the triangle and the dead scene and all that. I mean, yeah. the whole reason that the Francine um, got taken out East and, you know, the super skunk came West and all that stuff was all because of Jerry shows. Yeah. That our friend and, and skunk VA were at and friends of his from back East and smoking weed together at the show. And then people yeah. wanting that stuff. And so I don't need to, I, you know, I wasn't there. I don't need to tell that part. It's, you know, that's, that's, he's told that story pretty eloquently and stuff like that, but it is, it is showing how those circles overlapped. Yeah. You know, and one led to the other and stuff like that, you know? And so, so you know, huh. Let's lock in Skunk VA for next week. Next Friday, Skunk VA will be on and he will be happy to, to be performing. Thank you, Skunk VA. I don't know if yeah. he said, I don't know if he's, we locked him in, but if we did, I'm, we're going <laughs> to chat yeah. again this weekend i have a i have a line on something i thought was long lost that's dear to both of our hearts so i'm trying my damnedest to make sure i can get it back to all of us uh yeah but we'll sure. see you know and i do believe i'm not particularly uh uh superstitious um yeah but i do believe in it in the energy of the plant and i do believe in the universe a bit like making things come to you and i yeah. can say for everyone out there uh for me, at least the number one way that you get the cuts that you want and you get the things that you want in cannabis is by treating the plant the right way and having the right intentions. Yeah. That's what I say, because that that's going to a long term, that's going to get the right people to trust you. Yeah. And that's going to lead to what you want. And I do believe the plant has an energy and I yeah. do believe the plant wants to, uh, wants to, um, you know, wants to find people that'll keep it safe. I agree. I really do. I don't know. There's not, I can't prove it obviously, but I believe that there's collectors out there and the plant hides uh, in places where it's hoping that someone cares about it and isn't just monetarily attached to it, but loves it. You know, and a a lot of the things that I have, um, I wouldn't have because I would have gotten rid of them as soon as they were unpopular. Yeah. But I personally liked them and cared about them. And then there's friends of mine that feel the same way. And that's why they have their shit, you know? Yeah. And I so it's, it's a general it's a theme among our friends. Yeah. It's a theme, you know? And if you get, it's like you get trusted in circles and the, you know, maybe we can go into this. There's an aspect of like authenticity yeah. that we were going to talk about before. Right. Cause yeah. we are kind of getting an hour and a half into it. So maybe we can talk a little bit about this. And there's, yeah. there's aspects of things where now that I'm being public, Okay. And I'm starting to tell some of these stories. Mm -hmm. Um, I should say that there's a lot of things that maybe like five or 10% of the weed community knows pretty well. Yeah. Um, That becomes difficult where how do you let the other 90% know? Yeah. So there's a lot of like accepted facts among small groups of people that want to trade this kind of information. Right. Sure. And then you want to get it out there. 
and you get fucking attacked. Yeah. And so, you know, Matt can attest that he tried to get me to do this for a long ass time and I wouldn't. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, like, I mean, you were just watching what happened to me and you're like, fuck that. I don't want that in my life. I, I was also like, showing, I mean, I did, I did Caleb's event up in, uh, up oh, in, that's uh, right, Humble, yeah. you know, and it was like, I showed my face. I was in front of a huge crowd. Yeah. You know, of people. And I was just like, oh my God, you know, was, I mean, I didn't give my real name, but it's still at the time it was difficult. Yeah. But what it, what it comes down to is that if what convinced me to do it is, is like, if you don't try to get some version of the truth out there, what you believe to be the truth, yeah. then it's just going to be overwhelmed by bullshit. Yeah. Right. And there's an aspect where it's like, and I really get upset about it sometimes where there's this IG thing where people pile on each other. Yeah. Okay. And you know, Matt's a villain on IG. Yes. I want to be to a lot of, but to a lot of people that don't yeah. know him in real life. Yeah. You know, and if we want to fast forward a bit before COVID um, Matt and I, there was other friends that helped and stuff like that. So I'm not trying to dis to, to diss anyone I'm not mentioning, but Matt and I and a few other friends kind of like, uh, got this idea to throw what we called like the can Illuminati party. Yeah. And it was sort of kind of based on Ron's old parties and some of those old gatherings, but more modern. Yeah. And we decided to do it the same weekend as <coughs> Emerald cup, you know, because, um, everybody would be in town. Yeah. So we rented a huge house and invited a bunch of people over. On yeah. Friday and Saturday night of Emerald Cup. And both years, you know, we had hundreds of people come through the house. Yeah. Right. And believe it or not, nobody punched Matt. No, oddly enough. Yeah. Nobody attacked Matt. There's a lot of people that you, that you don't imagine that like respect him a whole bunch. Yeah. I don't know about that, but they didn't punch well, me. Yeah. You know, you have a lot, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of friends, you know, there's a lot of friends. You get a bunch of collectors and breeders and weed nerds and people in the industry that come through and want to hang out with each other. Yeah. And you got to realize that like we were trying to throw an event where it's like those guys spend all day at their fucking booth talking yeah. to customers and trying yeah. to give their customers a little bit of one-on-one -on -one time. Yeah. Right. And then at the, at nighttime, you know, they get to come out and hang with a bunch of people just like them. Yeah. And trade weed amongst people just like them and shoot the shit and, you know, trade cuts and talk about bullshit and do all this various shit, you know? Yeah. And so we really had a good time those couple of years before COVID fucked it all up. Yeah. That was um, fun, dude. Yeah. We had, you know, we had a lot of people. We had, you know, CSI and Bodie and Connor. I mean, you could go, there was hundreds of people. There. Yeah. A who's who? Not everybody, but a lot of people, you know, some people were busy or burned out or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, and so we were trying to recreate some of those like more innocent time parties. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, and, and I brought tons of weed and yeah. various friends brought tons of weed and we just have like a huge table full of jars that were labeled and anybody could freely smoke yeah. whatever they wanted. Um, and even, even like, just like the forums, there was a bunch of friends I made on IG that some of the first time they smoked the headband, some of the first time they smoked the real chem D some of the first yeah. time they smoked this different stuff um, was at these parties. They might hear you talk about it, but they don't actually see your weed. Yeah. You know, and then they get a chance to do it. And then you get to share a bunch of your weed with friends and you get to do all these different kinds of things, you know? And so yeah. that part is really neat because 
it's that kind of, I wish you went too, dude, we're going to have another one after COVID. Um, you know, yeah. there's uh, you know, it's, it's just like a who's who of people that have been around for a long time and you would not believe how little beef there is. Yeah. There in, was none. In person. Yeah. There wasn't any beef. It was just a bunch of friends. It was smoking out, eating a bunch of food, having a great time, you know, trading beans, trading cuts, making connections, putting faces to names, right? Yeah. All that different types of stuff, right? And so you have an aspect where we've had some issues this week where, you know, you start having these talks week by week. And like I said, Matt's a bit of a villain online. And because now I'm coming out and we haven't even hit some of the controversial topics yet, but as I'm coming out and talking about stuff, um, you start getting enemies. Mm. You start getting people that are annoyed that people are listening to you or yeah. they don't believe your version of events or, you know, on IG or on various discords, they want to like disparage your character and say you weren't mm-hmm. around and say that you didn't have anything or your weed was shit or your seeds suck or whatever. Yeah. And honestly, like it becomes really hard because a lot of people that are listening, you don't know the person you're siding with and you don't know the person that you're against in real life. Yeah. Like in an honest real life. Yeah. No. You know, so it becomes hard. How do you choose? You know, how do you make stuff happen? I mean, there was people that were accusing me this week of not even see the chems until 08. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, I, and that I came out of nowhere and that all my stories are lies and not so. It just means the stories are not so. And let's let's be fair, though, like. The, the people that were doing this were people that were in the outer circle of our friend group and never made it quite on the in circle because they were, they were bad people and they fucked people over or they did certain yeah, things. People have an axe to grind. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's my point, right? So yeah. Matt will come out and say, this person's a scammer. He's stealing cuts. He's trying to fuck you over. He's trying to take your money. Yeah. And then that person and like, and, and some bots and like a bunch of fake accounts and a bunch of people that bought seeds all attack Matt. Yeah. You know, he's a faggot. He's a Jew. He's fat. He's mm-hmm. a this. He, I got, oh, no, I'm also a Nazi. he's a Nazi. Yeah, Jew, Jewish Nazi, all these various things yeah. start getting attacked. And so <laughs> as I become a public figure a little bit, like they start attacking, Oh, is that that party is weed sucks, this and that, everything else. And it's yeah. fine. People to throw barbs. It's part of it. Yeah. Right. And I'm not even saying you should trust me, <clears throat> but what I am saying is that, you know, weed has a, a lot of people lived in the shadows. Yeah. And it's not documented. And the reason why we're doing a bunch of these stories is because we want to get oral history out there and we want to do it in a conversational fashion that doesn't bore you to death. Yeah. And we try to do that. And then that steps on toes and then people are furious. Mm -hmm. And so they, they, they can't fuck with the story. Right. Um, But so they'll fuck with Matt or they'll fuck with me or they'll say, you're a liar. Or they say, Oh, I I know for a fact he didn't touch chem until after 08. Yeah. Or he didn't have this or his this, his headband is watered down or whatever they want to say about Matt. It's you know? just the 707. Yeah, yeah. Just, just some bullshit. And it's like, you know, and, and it's like you don't want to spend all your life fucking like refuting a bunch of bullshit, yeah. you know, because it's like everybody that knows me knows me. Yeah. You know, and Matt and vice versa, you know, and so we're trying to get truth out there. We're yeah. trying to, to get truth that like we're not making any money off of. Yeah. You know, a lot of these, a lot of these podcasts are like weed infomercials. Here's three hours of why you should buy my seats. Yeah. 
let's talk extensively about you and why you're great and why you're integral to the story and why you're a cannabis historian and why you're so amazing. And this is going to help you make money. Shit. I should have been inserting myself into all this old shit. God damn it. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you do need, you know, we do plug for two or three minutes, some stuff that Matt's doing or, you know, CSI or different people at times, because there is a financial element to like making all these different types of stuff work. Right. Yeah. To some degree. Um, but really what it is, is that now that I'm old and I'm in my mid forties or whatever, uh, in the 60s. You know, there might yeah. be people that are 23 that want to hear. Yeah. Or might be 40 and want to hear the real truth. And then eventually you just have to decide because there are some real scumbags yeah. that just come out and insert themselves and then rely on if you speak up, I'll blow up your fucking life. And is it really worth it? Yeah. I'll attack and attack and attack and attack and I'll fuck you over and I'll make your life miserable for weeks. Yeah. So shut the fuck up about what you all know. Yeah. And there's so much of that, honestly. And coming from so many fucking angles, like <laughs> it is a headache. In it's rife for sociopaths. It's rife for shade balls. Beans have always been shady and they're not getting any less shady. Yeah. You know, they're just not. Yeah. You know, no, and, there's but, no way. There's, but there's a bunch of us, you know, who have been around long enough. You know, I mean, there's this running. I'm not going to call, call them out or whatever, but like, I don't even it was like a super long time ago. And like me and Skunk VA were talking about whether or not we were going to go to these like dead shows in the city. Yeah. Right. And he's telling me he's like, man, because he was he's he's a little older than me and he was on tour for longer than I was. So he has more connections than I do, to be perfectly frank, because he's about six or seven years older than me. Um, yeah. You know, he was like, dude, we could go. But he's like, then I'm going to see this guy. And I know he doesn't pay his child support. And I'm going to see this yeah. guy and he owes my friend 15 grand. And I'm going to see this other guy. And he and, you know, these people's backstories. And then it's like you're going to see some people you're like so stoked on. Yeah. And then you're going to see some other people and you're just going to be like, man, why can't you be cooler? We were friends. Yeah. And you're kind of a shitbag. Yeah. Pay your kids, yeah. you know? Yeah. Pay your child yeah. support. Pay my buddy back. You ripped him off when you were down and out, you know? Yeah. And that goes on in weed world. Yes. And then uh, what city? San Francisco. At the time, at the time, both uh, him and I lived in Northern California. He lived in Sonoma. I lived in Mendo. So we were, we were thinking about going down to SF and catching some shows at, at Mountain View or something. Um, you know, and that's the thing is like a lot of times I'll talk about things in like a general sense um, because you start calling out individual people. And then the next week of my life is fucking that asshole trying to defend themselves. Yes. And, you know, and blowing themselves up. Yeah. And me and homie, Matt and I, and me and Skunk Bia, we know a lot of history. Yeah. Not all of it is, not all of it is, is beneficial to the people. No, unfortunately. You know? But then you can't, you know, it doesn't pay to spend your whole life trying to warn the fam unity about no. jack off because it's whack-a-mole. Yeah, I tried that. I really did. And, and, and it just, it did not pay off. It was, it was detrimental to my career. <laughs> I will say, I don't recommend people do that for any reason whatsoever if you have a, a, an interest in being successful. Yeah, I mean... I, uh, so yeah, you know, I mean, there's, there's that aspect. And so I'm not saying trust me or trust Matt. I'm no. saying like, if, if you're giving us your time every Friday night, you get to talk to us at length and ask questions and stuff. Eventually you have to, maybe you can hear enough of things that you get a general sense of who we are. Yeah. But I will say that IG is an image 
and that sociopaths are very, very good at curating an image. Yeah. You know, they do best. And, um, you know, and yet someone just said, nobody's perfect. People aren't perfect. You're right. People aren't, you know, um, people aren't perfect. And I'm not even trying to judge people. That's why I'm not calling anybody out by name. Yeah. I'm just saying a general, I'm just saying a general state of events. I do have someone I was going to call out by name, but, um, I, it's, uh, it's getting late and there's one more big thing I want to, I want to get put aside. So it's not just my opinion. I'm actually using their words. Um, yeah, I'm not going to it's not even a big enough deal really, but it'll just be funny. It'll be we'll funny. Do it. Someone I once looked up to. Do it. Yeah. Do what? Whatever you were about to do or you're not. No, no, I, I, I still need some of the, um, the old, some of the posts. details. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. cause I don't want it just to be my opinion. I want it to be dude's own words. Uh, sure. No, I get it. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's kind of what we talk about. Like when people are like the can Illuminati, you know? Yeah. The can Illuminati is not like some kind of organization or membership. There's no dues, you know, there, there's yeah. no one that controls it. What it basically means is yeah. that you're enough of a weed head that you care enough of the history to hold on to strains, to hold on to seeds, to want to dig for the truth. Yeah. And you talk to other people like that. And it basically it's a, it's a like-minded group of yeah. people and we all know who each other are. And it's like, even amongst that group, there's not even really trading. No, there's just really. like, dude, like once, you know, it's like, uh, you know, a skunk VA and I were talking earlier today about it. It's like, we're not going to trade anything. No. Like, it's like, oh, you need a couple of these and, and you know, I can get you this or whatever. It's, it's not like a trade. It's more just like, you know, you're yeah, this is what I have. This is what you have. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with trading because trading is perfectly acceptable, especially if you sure. don't know each other. But once you've been personal friends for a couple of decades, yeah, it's just friends helping friends. Yeah. You know, and a lot of the ways that this stuff exists, like, you know, our history, that's really why I'm chatting is because I don't want all of our history to be lost. No, I want it to be out there in some kind of form. And it's almost all oral. Yeah. And, and with a lot of the forums going down over the years, whether it be from the feds, you know, getting a hold of the IC mag server to, uh, you know, Canna Collective, Pot Pimp, any of the, the, the uh, C Depot, any of those that have gone down. They had a lot of uh, information on them, like C Depot. A lot of people that people look at today as old school heroes and whatnot, or really trustworthy people, all popped up on C Depot, and their whole history is gone because that's that site was gone. The dude disappeared after fucking everyone over that owned it. So um, that's gone, but it's in a lot of people's memories. So this is really the only chance we have to put that out there. Yeah, and so we're just we're just trying to we're just trying to like regurgitate stuff and get it out there and get different versions of things, yeah. you know? Um, and, and, you know, like, like anything, you know, some of these stories, there's people that have different memories. Yeah. There's people that have different versions, even like the three or four people that were there might not tell the same tale. Yeah. And they were the ones that were there. I know. I got a nickname for being a power bottom at the last party and I'm pretty sure I was power top. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> You know, but I mean, oh. it's it's cool because then you get then you get you know these parties, these gatherings and stuff. They really are bonding. Yeah, they sure. really are where human connections are made. You get yeah. to smoke a bunch of your good friends' weed. You get to see them in person. You get to hear what their voice sounds like and and hear them laugh. You get yeah. to break bread and food with people. 
you know? Yeah. Um, and you get to share weed and share experiences. And so I think that's, you know, what maybe we can get the can can Illuminati parties together again. Uh, now that COVID seems to be dying down and there's lots of people that are either been infected or vaccinated and it's not so much like the plague. Yeah. It was for a few years where it was shutting shit down. Yeah. Um, but those kind of gatherings are important. And so tonight, you know, we're almost at two hours, so I'll probably shut up here in a second, but <laughs> I just wanted to give like a general random overview of some of the overlapping things that were happening in that era. Yeah. It really set the stage for everything that came after. Yeah. It was really where a lot of friendships were made. It was where a lot of trading and a lot of seed exchange was done. It was where a lot of cuttings and a lot of people smoking other people's weed and learning happened. And then yeah. a lot of those guys um, ended up becoming super well-known in the community. Yeah. You know? Um, so, you know, it, 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 uh, you know, but you don't know it at the time. No, that's the, no. that's the funny thing about history is you don't know if you're, if you're making it, you don't know, you know? So, yeah. um, but really what it boils down to is we're all just people. Some of us care about the plant. Yeah. Uh, some of us care about wrapping money and, 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 you know, scamming people. Mm-hmm. And there's a big conflict between those two right now. Yeah. In the community, there's been one for a long time. Yeah. But it's, it's gotten more head. public. And I mean, even like, you know, Matt's been doxxed before, yeah. you know, and even some of those comments I was referencing that we're not going to mention this week, people were saying my real name. Yeah. Um, not that I cared to some degree because um, it's, it, you know, like I'm showing my face every week. So yeah. Principle like a, of the thing though, you're not saying your Christian name every week. No, I'm not saying my Christian name every week or anything like yeah. that, you know? And so, you know, but, but what's funny about that is that I can use that later to prove something that will like blow them up in the face. Yes. Yeah. And I've been pushed enough, enough times by this human being to, you know, just suck. It sucks to have to do it, but because they're saying such extreme shit. Like there are only a few things in life that I take real personal is when you talk about my friends, family, or you call me a fucking Nazi. Like I spent yeah. my whole young life fist, literally fist fighting Nazis and being punched by them many, many, many times. So I, I take it very seriously when someone accuses me of such things. So yeah. yeah and you're you a Jew. And I, I'm a Jewish Mexican. Yeah. That's so, that kind of you know, there, there's, yeah. there's not, there's not too many <laughs> Nazi Jews, you know, it's kind of yeah. unusual, but so yeah. anyway, Matt, if you want to do your plug, cause we're yes. almost two hours so, here or whatever. Yeah. So we have our Patreon. It's called the breeder syndicate Patreon. The way to find it is to go to Google and type in breeder syndicate Patreon. If you go to Patreon and type in breeder syndicate, it's not going to come up because it is a pot channel and you cannot search pot channels. So go to Google Type in Breeder Syndicate Patreon. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be watching fights. If you want to, you know, hang out and do some fight watching, we could do that. Um, we have uh, the, the Santa Cruz Goat Farm um, fem, fem lines, the, the reversed Arcata train wreck lines, um, up for sale right now on the site. Go check them out. My boy packs a fucking killer dude, and he, he made some killer things, including the Santa Cruz Blue Dream um, train wreck, which I'm really, really stoked to see. Um, we also have uh, me and CSI's uh, Hawaiian Lights drop. I'm about to make the Hawaiian Lights hybrids public so everybody can fucking join in and, and, and grab that shit. Um, so go check it out. Um, yeah, so I think, I think that's it. Go, go check out Speakeasy. Uh, they, they do all the editing of the podcast and stuff. So um, go give them support and follow. And, and I'll just say one thing after Matt did all that. 
you know, we're getting up to 200, 230, 250 people a week now doing this every, every Friday. Um, Thank you all for listening. Yeah. Thank you all for taking time out of your night to bullshit with us and ask questions as always. You can reach reach me on IG. You can message me um, if he's you're been, trying to. He's been approve, improving or approving people. So I've literally approved like fifteen hundred people this week, and it keeps going. If you really want to get approved, send me a message, at, um, and uh, I'll see it and I'll do it faster for you. I'm trying to get through, but e- everyone, I really appreciate you giving us your some part of your Friday night, and we're gonna try to get more topics and more history out there, and yeah. keep it fun. So thank you all so much. Thank you guys. Uh, See you next week. Cheers.